What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. And by Upstart.com, slash HAM. By LinkedIn.com, slash HAM. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. And MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Uh, next week's storylines. Should we just alternate our storylines for next week? Yeah. And you guys can tweet some at us, too. Instagram DM us. Let's move some of you to Instagram, okay? Um, all right, number one. I'll start with the real one. And this is... The, uh, we'll, I'll go, I'll, we'll balance. We'll go Yeah, real. we'll balance. Okay. okay. I got some fake ones. I mean, they're real, but... Uh, D Ford. Like, we started... The, this guy was traded by the Chiefs after he had one of the all-time... Uh, uh, as you know, in the 1920s, you would have said this boners. Yeah. Back then, a boner was just a mistake. Uh, lining up offsides. They would have led him to the AFC Championship game. Tom, yes. Tom Brady threw an interception on the play. An interception. But it wasn't just like randomly. It's not like, oh, they just traded him the Niners. He was franchise tagged. Like, he was a good player. He went to the Pro Bowl last year, franchise tagged, and traded for second round picks. He, he didn't just come for nothing. And the Niners gave him a decent chunk of cash. Like, it was a, wouldn't you say, relatively big transaction on both sides? Yeah. And it led them that, to then tra- trading for Frank Clark, who's a first-round player. Like, it was a pretty big domino. Like, the, right. the Chiefs basically just said, we think this guy is better than you. And we had drafted him. And I don't think the Niners... Be- like said that we think D Ford's better than Frank Clark because I think they would agree Frank Clark's better, but they weren't going to trade. Well, I mean they didn't have a first round pick to trade for Frank Clark, right? You weren't going to trade the second overall pick, so that wasn't an option. Not like Seattle would have traded them Frank Clark anyway. And the D Ford, like D Ford, is a perfect fit in this one gap scheme. I, I actually think if D Ford is just healthy. It's a win win all around. Like the Seattle got a first; they didn't want the guy. Chiefs got a guy that they, they wanted Frank Clark a lot for run support. Like, they needed to get better against the run, and he's just a dominant run defender on top of being a good pass rusher. D Ford, glorified pass rusher, 
not glorified. It's what he is, strictly a pass rusher. And that's kind of what the Niners just wanted, a true speed rusher. In a perfect world, that would have been Solomon Thomas, but as we know, it's not. So it was kind of this huge, like, domino effect with all three good teams, right? And then it led to Clowney with Seattle. It was just, it was kind of a crazy, just three teams that turns out to be playoff teams, all kind of transferred players. And the Texans just end up with nothing. <laughs> um, but the good news for the Niners, John, at the end is like for all the the stuff over the course of the year where they were not healthy, he's healthy-ish. He's playing in the Super Bowl, right? He's going to play in the Super Bowl. Starter, so he starter make, in the Super Bowl. He can make he started so he can make the whole thing worth it. Second round pick, you he makes one play in this game and they win the game. You never for a second will think about that pick again until the Chiefs are making it. And you know what this type of transaction is like uh the worst trades, right? Or when you trade or uh, sign a player, a big money player and then he stinks, right? Like Namdi Asamoah. That sucks. Right. I mean, that's the worst case in sports. Uh, who was the Yankee guy? Was it Ellsbury? Now, was he in Kobe? Yeah. And he just – was he injured a lot or did he just start sinking? Yeah, injured. I think he had knee issues. It, it, hap- it definitely happens in baseball. But it happens in football, too. Like, you just sign a guy and you're just like, what? This one, wouldn't you say that it's pretty clear, like, when D's on the field and he's healthy, like, he's worth, like, he's an impact player. So, you go, yeah. okay, you guys understand the value. It's just now the health. Right. And that's where it's like – I think it helped early on in the season he was playing and making plays that it was easier to stomach when he missed a bunch of games because we knew. I mean, the, the Chiefs were open about it. Like, it was clear. It wasn't like a secret. It's like, oh, this guy's hurt. But they weren't – when you franchise tag a player, he was in the weird spot, right? He was franchised, but no one really looked at him like a franchise tag, but he definitely wasn't like you give him away for like a fourth-round pick, but he wasn't like a first-round pick. He was like in that second, third range. But he was also a free agent, so you kind of had to pay him. It was just a unique kind of spot. And the Niners, do you, I, I'll give them some credit. Like They just got aggressive because they kind of doubled down on their issue of the Solomon Thomas swing and the whiff. So sometimes that, you know, and I, I don't blame any GMs that do that. Well, a little bit, once you have enough evidence where you go, well, we drafted a guy, number three overall, we got to make it work. Don't you get to a point in sports or just any business where it's like, yeah, it's not going to work, right? So you just you can either keep pr- you can either keep praying or just you know put a band aid over the over the leak and just start you know trying to get the boat out of water because they were kind of sunk, you know, because it, it when Solomon stunk and Bosa wasn't there, Buckner and Armstead, while they both stood out, they look. It shows you how much better you look when better talent's around you. You want my headlines? Yeah, what you got? I'll, 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 I'll balance, we can balance it out. I'm going Silicon Valley, the coastal elites, versus the middle class, middle America, working class human. Barbecue guy versus kale smoothies. This is a, this is a game representing America. The, the elites on the West Coast living in their little silicon bubble and just Kansas City. Just the just the people that pack their lunch pail every day to work and freezing what they, gold. What do they even do there, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I tweeted something yesterday. I was like, you know, this is the perfect combination because did you see the Ravel tweet 
you know, it's the 4800 get-in price. The mm-hmm. average ticket price is going for $7,800. It's the highest Super Bowl ticket, I think, since, like, Giants-Pats, 11. So you don't think your boy's going to come through with our offer of 800 bucks a piece? Well, I, I haven't made Willing a, to pay 800 John. I haven't made an offer. I haven't made an offer yet, but I think the sticker price is not that. Like, the stick, sticker price on a $4,800 ticket is way less than that, I think. Yeah. Now, I... The Super Bowl I did attend, there is no sticker price on any of the tickets, right? It's just <laughs> the access is weird to get them. But I, I, I do think there will be some, you know, it gets a little weird on that media night on Monday night on just what's talked about, what's not. And I'm kind of kidding, but it is just, you know, the Chiefs, Kansas City, Middle America versus Silicon Valley, even though the players don't think like it. But that's, you just know how these things kind of take on a life of its own. Because yeah. next week, it's not just us talking about it or the sports channels. Like, Good Morning America is leading with the Super Bowl, right? It's just a lot of Super Bowl talk. Right. And so here's, your, here's my Good Morning America headline. The simplified version is just, Jimmy is really good looking. Well, that's getting a lot of – that's okay, can I, can I transition into another topic? Yeah. We'll do yeah, snakes. So you go, I go to, then you go to. Jimmy Garoppolo is just a, a better looking Alex Smith. And Alex's a good looking guy too. So that's tall, skinny, good, good waistline. He is a good looking guy. Yeah. But I just think Jimmy is handsome is going to be just one of your basic Good Morning America. Would you yeah. say that's why Jimmy was so famous when he was Tom's backup before he had ever played just because he was known as such a good looking guy? I think it's why he got famous fast once he became a 49er. Did you feel his fame? I did not feel like he was that famous as Tom's backup. Yeah, you're probably right. <clears throat> but once he became a 49er, went on a date with a porn star, he did, but was you, good looking. You're right, but he semi-unique as a backup, <clears throat> a little like, I mean, it's different circumstances, but like Steve Young, just because he played a little bit, right? He got yeah. those couple starts. And part of it was interwoven in by far the number one sports story in America, Deflategate. Tom was suspended. Right. But then he did get hurt, so it's not like he even played all the games. Like, people forget, oh, yeah, the four games Jimmy started. No, Jacoby started two of them. J- Jimmy, Jimmy made it through a game and a half. Well, that, well, until this year, we talked about it all the time. Can he make it through a month? Can he make it through a season? Has he really even had any scares this year? A couple of guys fell on his knee, but nothing too yeah. crazy. Um, I think one. I think the Hall of Fame is going to be it for two guys: Andy, oh David Baker, and Richard Sherman. Andy Reid and Richard Sherman. Like, what does a win mean for their Hall of Fame bids? Um, Who's more of a lock between the two of them? Would you say? Uh, Richard. Would you say Richard's a lock right now? If his career ended after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Three, I feel three, pretty good three about Super that. Bowls guy. I think like six Pro Bowls. Yeah. So he's a Hall of Famer. I think Andy should be a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I view him like a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I mean, it's funny. He's, he's just had sustained success in a league where nobody has – it's hard to have sustained success. And high-level success, not just kind of squeaking by, being slightly above average. Um, so I do think, in my book, they're both Hall of Famers. But that's the point, is like a win, and probably more so for Andy, Richard needs it less, would, I, would be – would be the thing that pushes him through, I think, makes it not even an argument. 
So you agree with that in terms of where they, they're standing mm. now? I, I actually like the parallels of the two because I think their resumes, like Andy's Eagles career, if he had just retired and never coached again, wouldn't have been enough. But I think everyone around football would have been like, Andy Reid was a big-time coach with the Eagles. He goes to the Chiefs. He's like up the the ante on just his resume. And now getting, you know, I think I'm sure this will be another one. Like one of the only coaches to take multiple teams to a Super Bowl. Like that is a big fucking deal. Now it's a bigger deal when you win it. Like part of what Parcells, you know, he took the Patriots to the Super Bowl and the Giants to the Super Bowl, but he had two Super Bowl victories. So once you win a Super Bowl, doing all that stuff is just double gravy. It's like, it's kind of like Sherman. If Andy had won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, we'd be talking about him like a Lock Hall of Famer. And it's like, God, can he go into like football nirvana of winning two Super Bowls with two franchises? I'd have to think. I, I, has that ever been done before? Winning two Super Bowls with two franchises? Yeah. Winning a, a Super Bowl with multiple franchises. Like, you don't have to win two with each. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I know what you Like, mean. Parcells didn't do it. Belichick clearly didn't do it. I, you'll be hard. Like, the Tomlins. I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe I mean this is where it's like well Middlecoff uh, well that's okay it's Lomb- the- Lombardi in '67 and then when he went to <laughs> you're telling me uh, he coached the Purple People Eaters <laughs> you know uh, so <laughs> yeah I, Richard to me has upped his game a lot like he was in his four or five year run of his peak play with Seattle was known as like a Hall of Fame talent then he comes to the Niners his team captain has an all-pro season and on the best defense in the league, and they're in the Super Bowl. Like, it's, it feels like he's kind of solidified it this year. Like, damn, this was a big year for Richard. Where Andy, it's kind of just over time. Now, the difference is Richard's career is really down the home stretch, right? He's probably got two years at a really high level left. Like he's That's already what he three. wants you to say. I know, but it's like, and if he heard this, he'd be like, Everyone's fucking always bringing me down. Like, Richard, no. I mean, we think you're great. The way it works, like, 36-year-old cornerbacks aren't going to all, you know, Pro Bowls. So, let's say Richard plays two more years with the Niners at a high level. And they make a couple more playoff runs. And let's say they win the Super Bowl. Like, he's in. Andy, like, who's to say that he couldn't go for another five, six years of just maybe goes to a couple more Super Bowls with Mahomes? Like, his, to me, there's a lot more story for him left to write. Where Richard's... This is there's a chance again. Like, if you were to ask him this question, he'd flip. But this is like the last peak of his story, you know. Mm-hmm. He'll be on the Niners next year, and more than likely they'll be good and back in the playoffs. But they're in the Super Bowl right now. He just he just had the game clinching interception in the NFC Championship game. Like it's been a pretty freaking storybook year for Richard Sherman, right? Yeah. So. uh now there's, I guess there's some guys with. There's, a, I found a list here, John. Dan Reeves, I should have should have known that one. But, but he didn't. Been, but he didn't, talked about this. Did he before. win any of them? No, not win. But he took the Falcons and the Broncos. Went zero and four. Never could win the big one. But 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 I think people would say Dan Reeves went to four Super Bowls. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Parcells went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. With the Giants and the Pats. Holmgren. Packers and Seahawks. That's a good three one. Super Bowl appearances. Went one and two. Isn't it amazing when you go to three or four? Uh, Don Shula took the Colts, John. When you go to three or four, like Mike Holmgren, and you just win that one, just that how that resonates. Like if Andy goes to three or four and loses them all, it'll feel like the modern-day Marv Levy. 
Now, Marv Levy got in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I get, can I give you another one? As he should be. Yeah. I, I'm like, uh, I'm basically doing a, uh, like a CNN uh, one. The minorities got screwed because the two coaches, the two top assistant coaches in this game, both, I don't even know, did Eric Bieniemy even interview for a job? Obviously, solid. I did. thought that he did. I, I thought he did too over the Super Bowl week, maybe with the Giants or the Panthers. He, he did, I, I'm like almost 90% positive he did. But obviously, neither one's got a job. I think both of them would be considered like this offseason. If you and I were doing a podcast on like top 10 candidates to get a job at the end of the year, wouldn't you say these two would be at the top of the list to just be interviewed if their teams have so more like the, success? Yeah, like this. I'm not this even talking minorities. I'm just coaches. talking coaches. But it right. became a hot-button topic because a bunch of white guys got hired again. Ron Rivera, Latino. But, and I go back to it was a skewed process in the sense of, because I don't think a lot of people count Ron. They're like, well, Ron was already had a job. Like, he just re-got a job. We need more people. And I'd go, well, part of the problem was Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy were in the cycle. So, I don't give a shit if there were seven future Lombardis that were all purple those guys are going to just get jobs it's just it's kind of a unique deal where those guys were available just like if two years ago if the equivalent of McCarthy and Rivera had been available like when the Cardinals were hiring when the Packers were hiring all those the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were hiring like the moment Bruce Arians is like yeah I want a job it's like well he's getting a job right it just sometimes it's a cycle where it's just going to be a bunch of young guys because the the good, I, I hate using the word, like to me a retread is a negative connotation. Like Mike McCarthy's just getting a job for the second time. I don't view him as a retread. Now, you could argue that Belichick once upon a time was a retread. I, I just, to me, when I think retreads, I think like when Hugh Jackson got a second job or Pat Shermer got a second job. Like Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera are just good football coaches that got a second job. Like that normally happens in football. Like Dan Reeves, Parcells. I'm not saying those guys are that. Now, McCarthy, you'd say, has won a Super Bowl. Super Bowl winning coaches that have a long resume going to the playoffs, wouldn't you say that, and they're not like, kill someone or do something criminal, are always going to get a second opportunity, as they should? Yeah, I mean, to me, retread is, I agree with you, it's it's definitely negative, and it's usually kind of, I used to use this word a lot. I hate using it now because everyone uses it. Lazy. But it is kind of lazy. Um, just because you've had a job before doesn't mean you shouldn't get another job. I think it comes up a lot with coordinators. To me, it comes up more with coordinators than head coaches. You know, when you're on, like, your fourth try, like, that's a retread. If you haven't ever actually been great, but, hey, everyone thinks of you as a coordinator. To me, those are kind of where that word fits in. I will say this. I It's funny you say this because – I interviewed Herm Edwards a couple weeks ago, and I just asked him, I'm like, it seems to me from afar like you're just setting up Antonio Pierce to become a head coach without ever becoming a coordinator. And he's like, he kind of answered like, yeah, duh. He's like, I was never a coordinator, and that's the plan for AP. And then I just saw this quote from Herm the other day. Do you think that AP could potentially take over for Herm in like a couple years? I think he could. I think he could. But I, I... the question is how long is Herm going to be around because it feels like Antonio Pierce is just going to become a head coach within the next two years to me. What would your guess be on Herb hanging around? Well, he just signed a contract extension, so he's got five years left on his Herm deal. Herm Edwards now. signed a contract extension? 
Yeah, he signed a two-year extension onto the three years remaining, so he's got five years left on his deal. Because he wasn't making that much money, right? Didn't he take a pretty low deal, like $2 million? I don't remember what the – yeah, I don't remember what the number exactly was. But um, but this is what he said. Here's what's crazy about the NFL. I'm, I don't – somebody – a buddy of mine sent me this, so I don't know if it's from – it looks like it might be from The Athletic. I said, AP, let me ask you a question. Approximately this year there were 20 jobs of authority, head coach, OC, and D.C., one minority guy got hired. I said, it's a dead-end street, man. And the owners, they don't care. I said, you do the math. You got a better shot here in college football. Make your hay, then go pro. So basically, Herm's advice to AP is, don't go be an OC. Don't go be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Be a he- Become a head coach in college football. Have success as a head coach in college football. And then just do the Matt rule. You just get hired as a head coach in the NFL. He's de- I would say that's dead on. Good right? advice. And I'd also yeah. say... I would say, Herm, if Antonio was their offensive mind, it'd be different. I'd say a defensive coordinator, he's dead right. Because the chances of you going to a good defense where are just going to be hard in the NFL, it's just very kind of random, where you can much more control your own destiny. Like he gets – Chip Kelly gets fired, they hire him. You win at UCLA, the Chargers might hire you three years later, right? Yeah, I mean, his alma mater, Arizona, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, feels like a make-it-or-break-it year for someone. I mean, how many make-it-or-break-it years for someone had in the last five years? That's my thing. Like, I'll give it – like, someone's a good example. I think we do talk about the minority situation because it is hard for them to get jobs. But I do think, like any spot, coaches are all treated the same once you get the job. And that's – I guess no one really argues that. Like, no one's like, Hugh Jackson got screwed! You know, it's like, yeah, Hugh Jackson was terrible. Pat Shermer was fucking terrible. Vance Joseph was terrible. Chip Kelly's terrible. Like, we don't we don't discriminate against shitty coaches. Just like, you know, Mike Tomlin's good. Rivera's good. Like, we just, you're just good, you're good, you're bad, you're bad. It's the great part about football and just sports, like win-loss record. I do see what they're saying, the coordinator job. And I, I, I also think that it tends to happen that a lot of coaches go into, you know, Maybe 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 I'm wrong on this, but a lot of black guys are on the defensive side of the ball, and it's clearly harder. And I, I do understand, though, like in, in the NFL, I don't think college necessarily is like this because it feels like they're more open-minded on either side of the ball, just if I can get a good coach, right? Look at the Pac-12. They've hired defensive coaches, black defensive coaches. I mean, Mel Tucker. You could argue when the Browns went into it, it wasn't just an open-minded search in the sense because you had to value offense more. Where in college, you're like, well, who cares? We'll just recruit new players. I, I, I think Antonio Pierce feels destined I, to get a Pac-12 job, guy. And I think UCLA would be crazy not to, because of his ties to LA it doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel, if he's going to be a coach in the next two years, I don't think that'll happen in the next two years. But he went to Arizona. Well, but my thing is, if you're UCLA, like, if Chip doesn't win this year, he's going to get fired. So mm, we'll see. I mean, they are going to have a new AD, but we'll see. I'm not so. Uh, I, you think if they don't make, I'm you don't think convinced. if he goes three straight years with three missed bowl games that he would keep his job? Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't know. I'm just not convinced. It hasn't. It hasn't felt like there's much momentum there after two years. Maybe, so, uh, like I said, they're going to have a new AD, so that's very possible. So I again back to my headline. Just the, the, I think these uh, yeah, two I guys, think it's a good headline. Robert Sala, B enemy. Just this is the crew. Why did they get screwed? Do they feel? I think it'll be talked about a lot because you know how every human goes on a podium. Coaches, right. no, it's a good headline. And I think uh, those two guys, people are going to want to talk to. 
Another good headline, I think, is just Kyle. This is an easy one, but it's Kyle and Mike Shanahan. Uh, if Mike, I don't know if Mike wants to do a bunch of interviews, but he'll have the opportunity to do it. Um, I think it's a great. I mean, he gave them guy the trophy for crying out loud, the NFC Championship. That one's been um, investigated a little, explored a little, but on the big national stage, that's. I mean that that's an easy one to make. Like I think the, the what makes a great Super Bowl headline are the ones that are easy to be consumed mainstream by non-sports fans. The one you just gave is a great one. And I think just the father-son, that whole thing with Kyle, that's a great one. I mean, the Kyle video, we could talk about that here from from the other day uh, of him talking to the official and telling him what's coming. Did you see what Mark Schlereth tweeted about it? No. Just that he's like, I've watched Mike Shanahan do that so many times, and he usually did it while Kyle was holding the cord to his headset. Like, Kyle saw that up close so many times. And I saw this interview that Tarico did before the NFC Championship game with his – I think Tarico did it. Maybe it wasn't Tariko. Anyway, with Kyle's parents. And his mom said – You mean Mike you know, and his wife? Yeah. But I don't know her name. But Mrs. Shanahan said that, you know, Kyle doesn't have the job. Like, he's – it's not nepotism, basically. Like, it's not because his name is Shanahan. Um. And he has the job because he's been, he's proved that he was really good. Now maybe he got some opportunities, but what it made me think was the Mal- you know like the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours. And this is I tweeted this the other day when the video of him came out telling the official what's about to happen. He got first class NFL on field training so young. I can only imagine at what age. I don't know. I'd I'd love to talk to Kyle and do the math. Like really do the math. Like let's think about how many hours you spent around an NFL team. Your freshman year of high school, right? And even before that, while you were a ball boy, while you were in freaking six guy grade. just going to training camp in August before just, school starts when just you're 12. Absor- yes, just absorbing how to talk to players, absorbing Mike's leadership. Like all this stuff that you're not like taking notes. You're just absorbing it. It becomes second nature to him. At what age did he, did he reach 10,000 hours? Because – you know, it had to be like some kid who plays the piano starting at age five. Like by the time you're 18, you've got your 10,000 hours. And I think all this stuff is so natural for him in terms of just his feel. His like it's what athletes have when they're 21 because they've just if you've got an athlete with great feel, just like what did he do? Well, he just plays. Like you know, Peyton Pritchard. I read the story about him the other day. The point guard from Oregon who just hit like six. I don't know if you saw the shots he hit last week against Washington, but he hit like these game winners. He's one of the. He might be the best point guard in the country. The, college basketball. He the white guy. Yeah, he's a senior. He won like three state titles in high school. He used to have to. I guess his dad told the story of like he bought this weighted basketball. One year in high school, he showed up to practice with both his hands taped because he would wake up an hour before school and do dribbling drills till his hands would bleed. Like he got to ten thousand hours really fast. Yeah. Is my guess right? Just. Like, I just think Kyle is just... Well, did you see the video that went viral? It's so underrated with him. So is he, because he's his name is Shanahan? No. But because his dad was Mike, he just got this training that is just impossible to get. And it, it's um, I think it shows itself in so many different well, he, ways. It, it, yeah, a couple weeks ago, the nepotism thing, like, his first break in the NFL came with Gary Kubiak, who had worked for Mike. So we acknowledge, yeah, that's how he got it, right? But that was in 2005 as a tight end coach or wide receiver coach. So, yeah, he got his in. Like, the fucking hardest thing to get is the foot in the door. He had a foot in the door maybe because of his last name. 
Well, Gary Kubiak, a couple years later, doesn't name him the offensive coordinator and let him call plays when he's a play caller because, you know what, I like Mike's kid. I I owe Mike. No, it's because clearly I would imagine if you and I sat down with Gary, he's like, listen, I always thought he was impressive. I liked him a lot. I gave him a shot. It's the way it fucking works. I knew him. I felt comfortable with him. And then once I was around him, I said, oh, my God, this guy's a boy fucking genius. You know the reason he got the 49ers job guy? Because he led the Atlanta Falcons' historic offense. That's to me, I, I just, I had to log off Twitter a couple times. Like, yeah, he is not the Niner. It had nothing to do with it. He, by himself, working for a coach who's, he got, he went on record this year. I was like, I didn't even know Dan Quinn. It was actually, and I, I, you and I have talked about this before. I think Dan Quinn's one of the better things to happen to him because Mike, who turns out to be very tight with Belichick, is closer to Belichick. Hard ass, kind of an asshole. Well, Kyle, the way we heard about him and then the Kyle we've seen here has been a little different. And I think that experience with Dan when he got basically the bald Pete Carroll lineage of the defensive coordinators realized, you know, there are multiple ways to skin a cat. I can balance this out. And Kyle has been kind of a breath of fresh air. I, you know, I think a lot of people on the outside, including myself, thought he was going to be a little Josh McDaniels-ish. Just kind of run a tight ship, be, a, be an a-hole, and he wasn't like that at all. Did you see the video that went viral a couple weeks ago about Tiger Woods' kid just swinging that club? Like, yeah. And you just go, oh my God, that guy swings incredible. Now, is Tiger Woods' kid going to be Tiger Woods? Charlie Woods. Probably not, right? But if you're telling me... If I had to bet, if you just say, you know what, he really likes golf. He, that guy's a lock to be like a good college golfer and be, like be a fringe PJ Tour player. Like the the amount of work he's going to have, the amount of guidance he's going to have. That is where it's like, yeah, this ain't a fair fight. You know, it, it ain't a life ain't fair. And if you're a mentor, it's why you hear about people that make it from nothing. Go, you know what? I was listening to this Bob Iger interview. And mm-hmm. he's like, people always ask me how I got to where I got and why then once I got in position, why I became like a good leader, he's like, well, I was lucky. I had really good bosses. I didn't control that. You know, you and I have worked in different places. Like, I just went to work for the Eagles because they gave me a job. I mean, it could easily could have been the Bills. It just happened to be that Andy Reid was the head coach. I got very, very lucky that that was my opportunity. It easily could have been some shitty organization. And I just, every day at work, there's Matt Nagy, there's Doug Peterson, there's Howie Roseman, there's Brad Feach. Like, that's not, I, Lewis Riddick, it, just, it was luck. I, I had, I had nothing to do with, like, where I ended up going. And that's just, that's not on the level of these guys that start from the ground zero. Like, you see the opportunities that, I saw Drew Brees <clears throat> insta, the, like, two nights ago. It was just, yeah. his, he goes everywhere with the three kids. They, those guys fucking have a great life. They, they're, they're going to start in a position for whatever they do ahead of most of society. And they had a picture with the Ravens helmet. And he's like, all my kids want to do is meet Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I don't blame him. If I was eight years old, and clearly they just watch a lot of football, they're like, I love Lamar Jackson. I'm sure they play Madden. He, they all pick the Ravens. And then the video when everyone gets their shit at the hotel, it's the Breeze kids throwing, playing pass with Lamar Jackson. Like, they, they are just... One of those guys, now it's a little different with him probably because his kids might not be that big. Like Peyton Manning or Eli's son more than likely are going to be tall. Now there's a genetic thing with Drew where who, maybe his kids are tall, maybe they're both like 5'10", so who, who knows. 
but they're going to have an advantage if you take advantage of it. And clearly, Kyle, you should listen to this. And if you're listening to this, listen to it. It's uh, Peter King's podcast, had on John Lynch. Mm-hmm. And Lynch was like, because uh, you'd say, you know what John Lynch was? Kind of a self-made athlete, did bothable things, almost quit football for baseball. Walsh convinced him to stick with football. And Lynch was telling Peter King, he's like, well, when he told me to come back for my senior year, I'd play less than 30% of the snaps. And this guy's looking me in the eye telling me I can be a high draft pick and go pro. I thought he was kind of full of shit, but he was such a good salesman. He convinced me. Turns out he was right. My whole he changed my life. But he's like, when I got worked with Kyle, you know, it, it helped. I'd seen the way his dad operated. And then I had just been talking with Kyle and, and doing games for the Falcons. I knew this guy was pretty special. But there is, like in anything, there was a leap of faith. And now I've been around him. I guess last week, because the one thing Lynch was like, yeah, you know, I knew he was an offensive genius. But being a head coach, like you do have to get in front of the team. Like how was he going to be in front of the team? And then, you re- and then he's like, about two weeks in, you realize he's really good in front of the team. He gave a speech. I guess Albert Breer had written about it. <clears throat> the players wouldn't really talk about it, but remember we had talked earlier in the season how he has Navy SEALs surrounded by the team. Like they have a couple guys that travel with the team, which is something I'm yeah. pretty sure he got from Dan Quinn because it's a very Pete Carroll-like thing. I guess his speech before the Packers game was a story the Navy SEALs gave him about like killing the enemy. Like I guess it was really, really intense. Like even like McGlinchey was on record saying like, yeah, I can't really go into the details. It was just good and powerful. And we all left like, whoa, he's going there. Like when you got him like under the water holding his head down, whatever it was, like a SEAL Team 6 member going to war with like Taliban, he, he, one, someone's going to die. It's going to be you or them. And it was, all the players were, McGlinchey's quote in the MMQB article earlier this week was like, I left that room thinking, my coach is a fucking badass. <laughs> and it was just like, whoa. Like, I, I didn't know Kyle had that in the back. Like, so, he just, he does. And that's, like anything, he was in position because of the 10,000 hours that he probably had at 25 years old. And then he's, he's really kind of come into his own, Right. You just get better at it. What you like? He wouldn't have been able to do that year one. Bring out the Navy. Now they weren't in the games. That would have been like, why are we talking about killing the enemy when we're one and nine? <laughs> but when you're talking about in the NFC Championship game, remember the famous NFL Films video of Belichick before the Eagles, and it had got leaked on like Friday night. The Philadelphia Inquirer had tweeted the parade route, like where the parade was going to be on Broad Street. And Belichick yeah. got in front of the team on the uh, on the uh, overhead projector and put the thing down. It's like, damn, like you guys are fucked. <laughs> That'll be that, that's another headline. Does anyone say any like bulletin board material? It's rare. Yeah, it's always. It's rare, but it, all it takes is one, right? Yeah, you know, Mahomes. Well, wasn't that? Didn't one of the Chiefs say something about about? But, uh, but he wasn't wrong. He just said no, but he said it. Yeah, Frank Clark said that he thought he ran soft. <laughs> he wasn't like a power back. Ran erect, I think was. The uh, and there's going to be a lot of stuff like I just saw. I don't want to get into this one, but like Donovan McNabb says he didn't throw up. I'm like okay, that that's something that I don't think deserves to be like. Yeah, T.O. Donovan. Let's just this ain't about you guys. That's right. Although T.O. could do the same thing that Montana did. Why didn't T.O. tweet two jerseys? 
Uh, you know? Did he not tweet? I don't know. I don't follow him. He never called back. I don't either, but I'm just saying, like... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.